Hear elevated conversation on crucial issues. Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. As always, I am Boyd Matheson, and we started the program today talking about trust. Trust in the institutions of government, which are very low. Trust in those that occupy the seats inside those institutions is also incredibly low. And whether it's the Supreme Court, Congress, the executive branch, there's not a lot of trust. Uh, And often what happens with that lack of trust is we end up with a lot of fake fights and false choices when it comes to dealing with real serious issues. So as always, as we like to do on this program, we're going to get past the headlines and the talking points and have a different kind of conversation about a real important issue, Social Security. Uh, Everyone knows uh, that uh, funds are winding down and you can talk about the demographic changes. You can talk about all of those things that are impacting that. Uh, But there's uh, a simple reality, and that is that if nothing changes, everything will change to those who need it the most. Uh, And there are ways and there are paths to do it differently if we're willing to engage in a different kind of conversations. Well, Andrew Biggs is a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. He studies Social Security reform, state and local government pensions, and public sector pay and benefits. And uh, Andrew, uh, welcome to the show. And it's great to have you on. And, and it's great to have someone looking at this in a way that we can we can deal with Social Security. Nobody wants to have the hard conversation or the real conversation. But when you actually engage in the real conversation, there are actually some pretty good paths forward. Well, thanks for having me today, Boyd. I'm really happy to be with you. And yeah, it's a lot of what it comes down to with with fixing Social Security is coming to a common set of facts. What I've discovered over essentially a career of working (laughs) on Social Security reform is a lot of things that people think about Social Security aren't true. And if you give people a common set of facts about how the program works, then they'll compromise a bit more and come together a little bit more on, on solutions. The easy solutions of, well, you know, some Congress stole the money or some freeloaders are taking it. That stuff's not true. But once we eliminate that stuff, then we can get back to the to the tougher choices that we need to make. Yeah. And uh, I, I love your approach to all of this because you get to the facts, you get to the, the actual dollars and cents of it based on a set of principles. Uh, and so walk us through some of that just from a practical, tactical Uh, Someone who's looking to retire this year and the next little bit, what does that look like and what kind of changes do we actually need to be deploying? Well, Social Security benefits are safe for now. Um, The trust fund will run out sometime in the early 2030s. The CBO says 2033. Social Security says 2034. So it's, it's give or take there. When that happens, your benefits won't be cut to zero, but they would cut, be, be cut by around one quarter. Now, that will be a real problem for, for retirees, for disabled, for survivors. You know, a lot of people really depend on this. At the same time, though, there are solutions that we can come to that I think can, can keep that safety net and improve the safety net from Social Security without having to have dramatic increases in taxes. I mean, to fix Social Security without reducing benefits that means essentially the, the largest tax increase in history. And it leaves no money to fix Medicare to do all the other things that we might want to do. So it's, I, I, I think there's some real opportunities when people start to understand how Social Security works, how much it's actually paying out to people, which in a lot of cases is a lot more than you think. Yeah. And then when you do that, we can come to some agreements that I think are pretty reasonable. 
Yeah, and so let's walk through some of that. Take us through some of those numbers. I think it's important for people to kind of wrap their heads around this a little bit in terms of what do the dollars and cents really look like? Because as you said, once you know the reality, then you can have a different kind of conversation. Sure. I wrote a piece this week in National Review Online where I ran through some of the numbers of what people are getting from Social Security. And I I spent a long time working at the Social Security Administration. I worked in the Bush White House on Social Security. So I know these numbers pretty, pretty well. A lot of people think Social Security just pays you a poverty level of benefit. There's just a safety net. If you had two middle-income workers retiring this year at the full retirement age, they would receive over $59,000 in in annual benefits. That's twice the poverty threshold before they touch even a penny of their own uh, savings. If you have two people who are like a maximum wage workers who are making about $168,000 a year, they would retire on $96,000 in benefits. Now, in a sense, we could actually afford to pay those benefit levels. The problem is with Social Security, those benefit levels are projected to rise. The current law was just going to increase them. So by by 2050, a middle-income couple will be looking at $76,000 in benefits. That's an inflation-adjusted dollars. It's just more than you need in order to have a decent safety net for people. And it's also much more than what Social Security programs in other countries pay. I mean, just as an example, in, in Canada, the maximum benefit that a couple can get is about $30,000 a year. Here, the maximum benefit is $96,000 a year. Now, Canadian seniors are not starving. They're doing just fine. If you reduce benefits gradually for high-income seniors, they'll save more over the course of their careers. Economics is very clear on that. So we're doing a lot of things we really don't need to be doing. We're paying a lot of money to people who don't need to be paying it to. And I'm not saying we you know, pull the rug out from people and make sudden cuts. People depend on this. They paid into it and account on it. But for the long term, paying ever-increasing benefits to people who are literally the richest retirees in the history of the world, it's just not something we need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love the fact that that just kind of takes everything – out of it in terms of the the left right and uh, man I remember it was just a year ago that you know the president uh, Biden was standing there in the well of the House of Representatives delivering the State of the Union and getting everybody to chant and cheer uh, about not touching Social Security uh, and uh, and and while that's a great populist moment for all <laughs> magical TV I guess uh, but it's also magic thinking in terms of what is actually going to come as you mentioned uh, by 2033 or 2034. Uh, those things are, are going to, to be cut uh, by default. Uh, and again, probably going to hurt the poor and the most vulnerable the most. And uh, we've we got to have that different conversation. So just, just in our, our last minute or so here, uh, give us the, how should, how should we be talking about this uh, as citizens and how should we be talking about it with our representatives? Well, the way I think about it is, you know, Social Security should provide a safety net against poverty and old age. Currently, it's actually not a particularly good one. We could make that better. But Social Security can protect the people who need it the most while still living within its means. And if we look at how other countries that are similar to us run their Social Security programs, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, they don't do what we're doing. They focus their money on the people who need it the most. Mm. That reduces benefits for rich people. It also reduces taxes for rich people. 
Mm. If you're in the United States, the maximum tax you can pay on Social Security is three times higher than the maximum tax a high-income person would, would pay in Canada. So th- there's just no reason for a lot of what we do. We need to focus Social Security not on just continuing the current system without thinking about it, but say focus it on what we want it to accomplish, which is protecting low-income retirees, protecting the disabled, protecting survivors. Doing that is cheap. Paying $96,000 a year to high-income people, that's expensive. Yeah. We just need to focus on what we want the program to do. Uh, love that. This is exactly why we do this show. And, Andrew, this is exactly why we have you on this show. Andrew Biggs is a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, and this is the conversation you won't hear about Social Security just about anywhere else because it's too easy to make it a political wedge issue or to weaponize it uh, for some kind of populist movement or class warfare, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but this is the crucial conversation. It's all about what do we want the desired result to be for this program, uh, and we can actually get it done and protect those who need it the most uh, and make it work for everybody and for the long haul. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much for joining joining us today. Great insight, and uh, we look forward to having you back. Hey, thanks, bud. All right, that's Andrew Biggs, Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, that's important stuff. Again, you're not hearing that anywhere else when it comes to Social Security. Uh, you're, you're going to hear left and right say, oh, you know, they don't care. They're just going to push grandma off the cliff uh, because that's nice political soundbite. It's a great bumper sticker for a political campaign. It's a great way to raise campaign cash and scare people uh, about one side of the aisle or the other. But the reality is, is if nothing changes for those who need Social Security the most, everything will change within 10 years. But we can do it. And there's no reason we need to be doing these high payouts to people who don't need it. So you could actually give them less and you could actually have them pay less in taxes as a result. It sounds like a win-win. It sounds like practical tactical to me. I think we ought to give it a try. I think it will actually work. All right. We'll be right back. 